0: Welcome to Reasoning Through the Bible. On today's podcast, we're going to present another of our informal discussions that Steve and I had. Today's informal discussion is the first part of a two-part series about the work of Of a Dr. Michael Heiser, H E I S E R, who wrote a book called The Unseen Realm. And this discussion is when we first learned of Heiser's work. It's a little bit in a different vein than most of the biblical scholars that I have seen, or perhaps you had also. And you'll learn about his work in our course of our discussion. But again, this was made when we were first learning of Heiser's work and discussing it, trying to figure out what our thoughts were of it. Besides the book, Heiser has a rather lengthy video series online where he explains this. And in this podcast session and the next one, then we will discuss Heiser's work and our thoughts around it. So today is part one and we'll introduce Heiser's thoughts and what we think of it and we'll also discuss a few other related things and so I think you'll find this interesting Heiser talks about a divine council which to be honest I had not given much thought to prior to learning of Heiser's work so let's go ahead and get into this informal discussion that Steve and I had and then I'll come back at the end and give a wrap up
1: Let me tell you real quick where I am on my journey on this Heiser stuff, okay? And I'm saying Heiser stuff. What got me into it was before he's really sick. He's got like some kind of cancer. uh, Pancreatic cancer. Yeah. What got me into it was before Heiser came along. What I had always wondered was a conundrum for me. Was a wonder for me. Was why were these Israelites continuing to go back and worship these other gods, right? These other Elohim. Why? What, what the idols was begging. it? But the idols are associated with gods, right? right, right. Okay.
0: What, what, what was attractive? Yeah, what
1: them? was it that kept driving them back? Know, some okay. of it
0: was sex worship.
1: Some of it was sex, correct. It was it was it was all But my point being is, was there something truly behind it or was it all man-made? Meaning that for us, when we say God, there there is only one God. And when you have take India, that has all the other uh, several Krishna gods and all that stuff, okay? What comes to my mind is that's all man-made. That's all from a man's mind. Islam. The moon, Allah was the moon god. It was one of however many, 70 gods or 69 gods or however many it was. And Muhammad, that was his family's god and he's the one that rose to power. And so right. he said, I only got one god and Allah is that god. Okay. To me, it was always man made, man created, man thought up. Okay. Yeah. As an alternative to Yahweh. So that was always in my mind and that it's just, it's more than just going back, falling back to these false gods, okay, in idol worship. It was almost like there's something driving them back or luring them back. And yes, the sex worship and stuff, but Marduk or Molech. <laughs>
0: right. You know, what, what would drive burning, somebody burn, to yeah. fry your baby? Tonight?
1: Exactly. Okay. So the evilness that goes through that in order to... So, you did have in Daniel, you had the Prince of Tyre mentioned, you had the Prince right. of Persia mentioned. The whole thing is the Prince of Tyre is usually Satan or associated with Satan. Well, who is this Prince of Persia? Michael
0: was fighting him. So, you you had this... So, you're seeing a spiritual being that's drawing these people in.
1: Well, that's where I came across Heiser and the unseen realm. And he brings to light Deuteronomy 32.8, right? He brings to light Psalm 82, and he brings to light that 32.8 has to do with uh, whenever the nations were divided and uh, assigned according to their inheritance. But God's inheritance is Israel, okay? All right? right? So that started to make sense to me Okay. If if there were actually and it's tied into Genesis six one through six right the fallen yeah. angels that came in had sex with the with the daughters of men okay and you had the Nephilim and stuff like that yeah. okay which really just means giants
0: and so do you see uh, that connected with the verse in Genesis let us create let us create man in our image. N-
1: Not directly, no. I know that the, no, no, I don't. Because that was one of the questions
0: that came up periodically in different conversations, is that one verse, you know, it's saying, let us create. Well, who's the us? So Heiser does have a session on that in regards to it.
1: I, I haven't gone there yet. So his connection is... Ancient Near East, what he calls Second Temple literature. Yeah. And part of the second, second Temple literature is a lot of the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found in Qumran. Okay. Part of that's the Book of Enoch. Part of it's other parts as well, or other texts. Plus, the things that archaeologists have found, these letters of Arama, okay, that I mentioned that, that are correspondence between the kings and the land with the Egypt that I I mentioned before. Now that wasn't Hydra. That's from somebody else. But talking about the Habiru, they're in here from the, 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 these nomads have come into the land and they're raiding our areas and we need help and things like that. Okay. So that's, that's more of a direct. Okay. But in these letters and in all this text and these cuneiforms and stuff, they have a narrative as well in regards to the gods, and the nearest that we have to it is the Roman mythology and Greek mythology. Right. But in essence, you had a, a second temple in ancient Near East mythology
0: as well. Right. Well, there had to be okay. something to it. It's not just no story behind it, right? So Co- it wouldn't be just an idol with no story. C- correct. Part
1: of the narrative is that these gods came and they showed man how to build the... Uh, Weapons of war, how to their women to adorn themselves and have paint makeup and all, you know, have makeup and all this stuff to make themselves more attractive and other things as well. That's what's mentioned in these Assyrian and Hittite cuneiform texts that are there. okay? And then it matches with what's also in the Book of Enoch that's over here that the Jewish people are also have in relation to it there. So, in basic, Heiser is saying is go back to the ancient Near East at the time of this period of when all this came out. And what you have in essence, and I'm now I'm paraphrasing, what you have in essence is you have a narrative, a storyline that is meaningful for the people at the time. Okay. okay. And that it shows that. Yahweh is the one and only God. And some of the things that are talked about is where he's compared to being the rider on the clouds, for instance. That was one of the gods. That was one of the gods that were talked about, that that was his name or not name, a, a characteristic, that he right. was the writer of the clouds. You have another one that's a chaos that was over all the seas and things like that. Well, okay? I
0: know Like when we've been going through judges here, if you look at the sayings and the responses from the Canaanite peoples, they viewed it as a struggle between gods. Right, right, correct. Like when Samson wins, they said, look what Dagon did for us. Right. So they saw it as this power struggle amongst their god and, and whoever won the battle had the strongest god. That is correct. Well, from our perspective, there's, there's really no contest. It's not like there's a power struggle between these gods because... Right. The true God is infinitely powerful and everything else either doesn't exist or it's a finite thing, a created being. Right. And so the the infinite's always infinitely more powerful than the, anything finite.
1: Correct. And and our mind is a westernized mind, United States even mind, right. of, a, of a Christian nation, at least in its founding. And so 2,000 some odd years behind or, or later, uh, and also a mindset of of not royalty of governance of the people themselves right so we're separated from it okay so what i started to do heiser sparked it and now i have started reading i guess you'd say their commentary but their books on ancient near eastern literature that's describing here's the gods that are described in these cuneiform tablets. Here's their characteristics. Here's what they were for or what they were worshipped for, and things like that. Here's these letters that were sent. And here's in order to try and get back to that particular context,
0: yeah. Okay, as far as what's going on. And I mean that nothing wrong with that correct i'm not sure how far i go with this council of gods thing that's that's right there is where i'm still the only tangible heiser's main
1: deal right well that's that's a main deal right he's he also expands into other areas too but that is a main deal the only thing that so far that ties into there being actual gods or elohim because that's what the people called okay they're they're spiritual beings, right? Not all spiritual beings are angels, cherubim, seraphim. Seem like there's one other one too, okay? Those aren't an, or termed A- angels, A- aggies. right? Aggies, hmm? aggies, aggies. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but they're spiritual beings, right. okay? So, what draws it into Men worshiping these beings, who they call Elohim, who they call gods because they're spiritual beings, okay, are these so extra biblical texts, right? Yeah, Book of Enoch, etc. and, and et cetera. and even the pagan stories, yeah. which I think are based on actual happenings, right? the the flood story. I think is based off of the actual flood, okay? Now, it doesn't have the reasons behind it. You have the actual reasons that came forth through Scripture, right? Whenever God says, here's what you need to record, okay? Yeah. But it makes sense to me that these people, at some point in time, there was interaction between spiritual beings and man that, But there's interaction between spiritual beings and man, and that turns into worship. Now, in our case, the main adversary is Satan, referred to as Satan, okay? The accuser. So there's one main antagonist, you know, in the whole story, Satan. But he's got others that are antagonistic to God as well, and you have demons when you when you come into the New Testament. all right. of a sudden you have demons that are being talked about and, and they and they're inhabiting people and their bodies and things like that. So I think that there is, from an anecdotal perspective, I think there is something there related to at some point in time
0: these evil, um, actually initiated this it wasn't just drawn out of somebody's imagination correct. to create this idol there was there was a spiritual realm correct that were not of god correct i mean obviously he would have initially created them but there's a spiritual realm out there that's disobedient to god that was actually communicating with humans that's inspired these idols.
1: Yes, correct. And at least, at least initially, maybe they're not there anymore. Obviously, but but maybe initially, okay. Now, another thing that sparked me was this now, latest it, it, thing.
0: It, it could be. That's what they were claiming, right? Could yes, yes, could be. That's what they're claiming, and and it. I mean, logically, could have been from human imagination, but it could have been from a demon. Right. That's correct. So is is everything?
1: Is Satan omnipresent, omniscient? No. Everywhere, you know. See, what I'm saying, and we know there's more than just Satan. The other and thing there's that's, probably
0: a lot of spiritual realm out there in the heavenlies that God doesn't take the time to explain to us. And, and so you, that I have no problem with that.
1: And you go back to Daniel again, okay? About the. But the other thing that also got in my mind was this COVID situation. The world countries took the same uh, steps almost within days of each other lockdowns yeah everything else they took the, the right. same way and to me it was almost organized like there's something else behind it, some sort of a spiritual evil. Yeah, it was a little
0: spooky that all of a sudden people were wanting the government to force them to not go out of their homes. I mean, it's just really strange. Correct. So you had the modern day, Hey, there's something else going on
1: here with all this COVID stuff with the governments and and lockstep doing the same thing worldwide. You know, it's not just continental not just Europe doing it and, and the other and Asia doing it or separately. It's, it's no, it's all the governments together. They've all said you got to lock down. Well, where is that coming from? You see? Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my, where I am so far in that. I do believe that there's something there to it in regards to spiritual beings who men called Elohim gods. And there was some sort of interaction. Right, We have a little bit of snippet in Genesis 1 through 6 that says, yes, there was some interaction. Peter backs it up. Jude backs it up.
0: There's these little snippets here and there. The thing in Daniel, the thing in Genesis.
1: Correct. And then Heiser brings in, as far as at the Tower of Babel, that the nations were split, split up. Okay. And then Genesis 32, 8 is an after yeah. part of that that says they were split up according to these evil, well, not, well, not well, evil, I, but according I, to these spirits. Okay. When I
0: saw Heiser, I think he builds a reasonable case. Correct. I'm not sure I'm quite ready to go down the path of exactly. God wanting this, have the fellowship of all these people. Correct. I mean, it's possible. I, I haven't seen anything heretical in any of it. I haven't seen anything that wouldn't, necessarily fit. I'm not 100% sold on all of it. Right. I can tell you this, as far as one of your things about chasing down what the original stories were, Mm -hmm. the one I got interested in for a while was Osiris. Mm -hmm. Simply because there were people out there making the claim it was back to the apologetics. There were people out there making a claim that the story of Jesus mimicked point by point the story of these pagan gods like right. Osiris, and and there's a couple others. And there's movies out there that people have created on the Internet that go down the list, virgin-born, died, resurrected, mm-hmm. all, all these coming back, all these kind of things. And they supposedly, all the major doctrines of Christ were supposedly mimicked in Osiris. Yeah. Well, okay, let's go look and see. It's easy to claim that. Let's go see what originally was said about Osiris. And first of all, the things that are known, it didn't have any of that stuff. I mean, the stories were vastly different. So first of all, the claims were just factually incorrect. What we know about Osiris was just different. But the story in the original Egyptian is a little bit here, a little bit there, mm-hmm. right? The original things on what was the narrative around this god of Cyrus, well, all they have is a, a little bit of writings on the wall of a tomb. Right. And an occasional reference to it somewhere. Yeah. And then you had to reconstruct it. Well, somebody centuries later, one of the Greek, I believe it was, around the time of Christ, summarized it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he was summarizing it from sources. He, did, he didn't believe in Osiris. He right. was just saying, here's what these other guys believe. So that's the only narrative we have is what that guy wrote, plus uh, a few things here and there. It, it would be the modern equivalent of a couple of millennia from now, they're excavating us, and what do they learn? Well, they they pick up a, the hymn, you know, one song mm-hmm. from a hymnal, mm-hmm. and they have a church bulletin. Right. And they have what's written on somebody's gravestone, and they're trying to piece together the gospel from that. Right. And so it's it's just a little bit here and there, and the only story was written by somebody way later. So some of these, you're trying to trace down something. There's A lot of times there's, there's people out there making claims about these things, and there's just not the evidence to back it up.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's a shame that many times in apologetics, the apologists go off to try and find out what the actual claims are of the challengers. You no, know, Cyrus to find out that it's not true true, v- right? Cyrus okay. is vastly different.
0: Wasn't even, right. wasn't even close. I mean, nowhere close.
1: So I'm right there with, and I say I'm right there with you. I'm further down the road because I've actually been continuing to, yeah. to investigate it. So I'm not there 100%. But the narrative does, to me, fascinate me. God took the nations. He split them up. He assigned these spirit beings to kind of be overseers of all these nations. And then he himself, he takes Abram and creates his own nation out of nothing. Right. Okay. And it parallels. It's out of a woman who can't bear. Yeah. And so she miraculously bears and he's very... Distinct. It's going to be Isaac. It's going to be from you and Sarah. It's going to be Isaac, and I'm right. it down to Jacob, which split it out. And throughout the rest of the of the Old Testament, the narrative, Israel is my son. Israel is my wife. Israel is my the apple of right. my eye. Okay, I'm the one. So you have God, Yahweh. The true creator who created everything, including these spiritual beings that were put in charge of these originally of these nations kind of as overseers. And then they introduced evil into these mankind through their actions. Okay. They fell flat on what they were supposed to do. And you have God who is bringing it all back together through. By him, on his own, right. contending for himself, even to the point that he himself comes in the form of the son, right? Of the, the Trinity, the yeah. second of the Trinity to be the propitiation, the satisfactory sacrifice so that he could be just and the justifier. So to me, it all fits, but I haven't gotten that tangible connection. And I say that there's nothing there. There's inferences, deuteronomy 32 8 psalm 82 and some of the other things there's inferences there but there's nothing there direct that i'm ready to just hang my hat on but to me it it does bring another aspect in regards to what's going on doesn't change anything you don't have to have it in order to have the gospel and god redeeming mankind but to me it adds a little bit more flavor and drama and things like that so that's where i am
0: Thank you for listening to our informal discussion here on Reasoning Through the Bible, which you've just heard is part one of a two-part series that is an informal discussion that Steve and I had about a Dr. Michael Heiser and his work called The Unseen Realm. I want to make sure and note that Reasoning Through the Bible is not necessarily endorsing nor condemning the work of Heiser. At the point of these informal conversations, we were just learning of it and just evaluating it. As far as I can tell, Heiser comes across as very careful and thoughtful, and he makes a point to, at the beginning, before he gets into the details of his view, to try to assure the audience that he has orthodox views of the essentials. So I think there's some interesting things in his work. Again, we'll learn a little bit next time, a little bit more of the evaluation of it. But there's some things in Heiser's views that we find interesting and some that we're a bit skeptical of. And so if you tune in next time, then you'll hear a little bit more of our evaluation of Dr. Michael Heiser and his work, The Unseen Realm. And I hope you find these interesting. And I hope you'll tune in next time as we reason through the Bible.